in order to show up and to have healthy, strong community, each person needs to be embodied in their sovereignty and their own power and balanced. And then they're able to show up and collaborate with others, you know, and, and it ends up being mutually beneficial instead of this, you know, extraction, you know, me against the world kind of process. Movement of the physical body has always been a way to transmute and dance with my energy. My discovery of yoga amplified this process and brought my soul into the conversation. My discovery of breath and meditation brought my heart and mind into dialogue with one another. I hope to offer space for others to cultivate a greater harmony within themselves. My soul knows that personal evolution will lead to planetary evolution. I'm Brie Van Zutphen, and this is the Clarity and Calm podcast. Hello, everyone, and Happy New Year. This is Brie. I'm the founder of Clarity and Calm. So this month in the Clarity and Calm community, we've been focusing on stepping into our power, and we're really just taking that theme through my coaching method, the process. The process is a methodology that includes four steps. Step one is identify. Identifying what's limiting, blocking you, or even draining your energy. Step two is support. This is the step to create a new baseline and foundation of all the practices that help foster your growth. Step three is inquire. From this steady place, asking yourself, where am I going? Where do I want to go? Why? This is the step where you gain clarity. And the final step of my process is act. Action is what brings all of the process into your physical reality. We must take aligned action to initiate change. I created this process after my life as a professional dancer, yoga meditation teacher, breathwork and Reiki facilitator, and certified life coach. This is the method I use in my coaching program and with my clients. The beautiful thing about this is that it not only includes life coaching, but also embodied practices, emotional release work, and mindset tools. I wanted a program that included all of that, so I created it. So if you're interested in my coaching program and method, please feel free to visit my website, claritycalm.com, or email me, Bree, B-R-E-E, at claritycalm.com. I'll also include my email and my website and all of my links to all of my channels where you can follow the process and really start to step into your power with the Clarity and Calm community. I met today's guests when we were both working retail and kind of being like, is this all there is to life? What's up here? Um, we've reconnected since and my dear friend Trista Dedman is here today to share her amazing journey and insight. Trista is an astrologer, mystic, and sacred content creator. She believes that every person has a spark within that, when tended to, leads to their most embodied, sovereign self. Her aim with sharing mystical knowledge and astrological insight is to help truth seekers remember who they really are. Her podcast, Liberate Yourself, is a platform for discussing cultivating personal sovereignty in these transitional times. Trista provides monthly astrology forecasts and sacred content to subscribers of her email list. 
and will begin facilitating online gatherings of fellowship for visionaries in Aquarius season 2021. Here's my conversation with today's guest, Trista. So hi, Trista. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thanks for having me, Bree. It's always so, we always have such easy conversations, so it's, it's a pleasure. <laughs> I completely agree, and this is such a treat for the Clarity and Calm community. Thank you. (laughs) So I'd love to start off with just briefly what you do and what led you to your current path. Mm -hmm. Big question. Yeah, Um, I think we're all pivoting at at the moment, especially for the upcoming year and decade, I would say. But I am an astrologer and I would say what I'm pivoting from is doing Um, less one-on-one readings and pivoting more towards holding sacred gatherings online as a place for fellowship in these very chaotic times to, um, you know, gather sovereign individuals to compare notes and share resources and uh, support each other as we go through, you know, these times that are quickly transitioning. And yeah, how did I, how did I get here? (laughs) (laughs) Such a loaded question. Such a loaded question, but it's like, you have to ask. Yeah. Um, No, I think that the, uh, the, the mystical arts and mysticism has always called to me. It is always, um, even in my, you know, upbringing and very conservative uh, small town, Texas, it found me somehow through books. And, you know, and this was the eighties. So it was like, books, TVs, and TV is like all we had as far as resources go. But um, yeah, it, it always found me. And I think I finally uh, went through a period in 2016, about four years ago now, where I really started coming back to it and it started finding me again. And um, yeah, it, I've it's always made sense to me, this archetypal language and I, what I study is traditional or Hellenistic astrology. So it's actually like the, the most ancient version of it that is derived, that is descended from Hermes and Hermeticism. And what I love about that is it just, you're, you're able to sort of map things out in this, you know, multi-layered, multi-dimensional esoteric way to really bring context to your life and the events that are happening in your life and the the chapters and the periods and the timing of things. I really like to look at, um, as I move through my days and my, my time, I like to really structure my choices and my decisions and the moves I make accordingly to, you know, what is going to align with the, the planetary aspects and how they are transiting, making aspects to my own natal chart. And that's a lot of what I would um, help my clients with, like upcoming, looking at upcoming transits and energies and so that you can like both harness the energy and, you know, navigate with clarity essentially. And with, you know, being embodied in your, in your power. So feeling empowered. <laughs> totally. I would love to hear more on that. I have a teacher that always says like great nature moves through all of us and like some of us are aware of it and some of us are not. 
And I think it's, I would love to hear just like what the difference was when you started to integrate that compared to like not, not being aware of it at all. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Just the, the validation that comes is so crucial because, you know, everyone is very unique and has, you know, I call it a cosmic imprint essentially. And I don't believe that it's, you know, super, there is the, the study of, you know, fate fatalism when it comes to that, but I don't believe in that. I think that it gives you this set of keys or clues that you know, will always manifest or unfold in different ways, depending on your free will and how you approach them. So I think the the difference was just really not understanding why I was the way I was and trying to find a place in society, in the world, in the universe, and um, just the the sheer clarity and validation of of um, these knowing these archetypal patterns that I was imprinted with led me to be able to really feel into them. And again, on this like esoteric level that is beyond words, you know, I, the work I do is really steeped in um, deep occultism and um, esoteric studies. So those things that are, I try to talk about things that are beyond words. So, you know, excuse me if they don't come out <laughs> super eloquently, but uh, yeah, it was doing that kind of spiritual work. Um, with these with these archetypes and understanding the role that I am here to, you know, carry out in many different ways. And that's not to say that there's like one thing, one purpose. Uh, I would say it changes, you know, daily, monthly, yearly as we go along and, and get more information. And like I said, in these times, all is up, you know, all is up in the air because we're in um, totally. these super Aquarian times. So yeah, I feel like stepping into that was was crucial. I don't know what I would have done without astrology. There are other systems, of course, that sort of come together and uh, correlate with each other too. have the same sort of correspondences that really helped. So like human design and even like Myers-Briggs personality testing was a big one for me. My God, because I'm an INTJ female and that's like the rarest type. <laughs> and that answered so many questions of why am I not like other, you know, females like right off the like anyway. So um, I would say it, it was a prof it's been a profound journey and it continues to be a profound journey and to just be embodied in the the strength and the, you know, deep wisdom that comes from these, you know, again, archetypes that are embedded in our, our subconscious and our collective conscious. What theme is like, or astrological significance is this time, like where you're oh, in related to you and the collective? Okay, man, good question. Good question. So yeah, the first one where we are could take two hours easily. <laughs> but um Basically, I will sum it up with, I think most of us know that we just had a huge Saturn-Jupiter conjunction in Aquarius, which is the first, um, starts an entirely new 200-year chapter in that conjunction occurring in air signs. And you can look at it as sort of a measuring tool for history, like chapters or books in history. So we're coming out of a 200-year-long Earth chapter 
And you look at, so you can see this through, you know, the industrial revolution and utilize extracting and utilizing the earth's resources and mining it and um, being very physically focused, like very literal, physical, densely focused, like literally building, you know what I mean? (laughs) Building things. So now we're moving into air, the element of air, which is more mental and which is much more changeable if you think about so when i think of air i think of the wind and what does the wind do it moves things it um you can even think of i I heard one of my uh teachers astrologers say she got the the image of like sand dunes like the way the wind moves Mm. sand dunes over time and there's even like a pattern in that um so that's essentially where we are. All is changing, all is moving all the time. And in order for us to, you know, thrive and uh, be embodied in that, we really have to be very open, very agile, very fluid. We have to, like, nothing is static. We, we can't think that anything is going to be the same tomorrow as it is today. And that can seem scary. And it's by design, it's supposed to be this is, um, you know, I feel like a mass initiation in in some respects, because depending on the paradigm you you believe in, I feel, you know, our generations are here to be that the bridge generations to this new era. And especially this decade is, is huge for that. Like, 2030 is going to look almost nothing like mm-hmm. what it looks like now. Um, <clears throat> you can see that through technology, di- um, the blockchain, digital currency, you know, so, so many ways. Um, it's like going from analog to digital. And so where do I fit in with that? The way that it's hitting my chart is very interesting. And I've been waiting for this. Um, I was speaking about, you know, there's different techniques, very ancient techniques of uh, sort of your, your, your life is sort of divided into the, these chapters, essentially. I'm coming out of a 20 year long chapter where not a lot was happening. I was doing a lot of things. I was learning a lot of skills and trying a lot of things, but you know, nothing was really like sticking or making sense. But now I've entered into this new, um, this new chapter for eight years where most of my like very prominent planets, my, in my first house, my ascendant, which is your house of like self, very literal, like how you show up in the world is getting activated. And that's all being supported by the ruler of my chart, which is the, the planet that rules the sign of your ascendant, uh, sort of like steering the ship of your destiny, so to speak. But the, the ruling, my ruling planet is my Venus in Aquarius, which is like hugely supporting, like I would say most of my chart, like the real power of my chart. So one of the literal keyword phrases I could use for Venus in Aquarius could be creating community. Mm. <laughs> so that's one of the things that has really made sense to me. It's not that I'm even like a group person. Um, I have tried to join different various groups and they just doesn't always work out. I really am sort of an outsider, but I I feel the same way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I love community. Totally. It's just about finding the right, the right resonant people. And that's the same for everybody. You just have to find the people that you resonate with. And that's why 
I feel like technology, I have a great love for technology. Yes, it has its pitfalls and we have to learn how to use it, you know, in a really wise and, you know, benevolent way. Mm-hmm. But I love interacting in that way because it opens up all these possibilities. It opens up your ability to connect and create community across the entire world. So I feel like that is, um, it's sort of waking up, these times are sort of waking up that energy within me to to be a leader in that way and facilitate other people connecting and, and, you know, resources being shared and discussions being had about this, these times and, you know, bringing people together and also just creating, creating, creating. I mean, Venus is the, uh, you know, how we view beauty and create beauty and in the, you know, most core sense of it, you know, um, the most divine sense of it. So, it should be very interesting as far as um, creative projects and relationship building and coming together with others. So I'm, I'm super excited. I, I just feel like, oh, like it's not that we're automatically in utopia by any means. <laughs> There's a lot of work to do. Like I said, I feel like we are a bridge generation, but it does feel really good because I don't know about you. I'm, I'm, sure you as well and probably many of your listeners we grew up in this way like we looked around us and things just did not seem or feel correct or aligned for the most part I know I did you too thousand percent yeah like I mean I was ranting and raving in high school I just didn't understand like why they were making us like do these things and put us in boxes and categories and um And so I feel this huge relief, even though it's going to be a lot of work, it's, it's, it's going to take daily practice of like returning to yourself and returning to your truth and embodying your truth and, you know, uncovering all the layers of um, programming that's, that's happened to us, but the relief of just knowing that, okay, now we're pivoting and looking in a different direction. And that is like what we felt to be true all our lives is actually true. Like we're not crazy or delusional and now it's time to actually do the things. Um, that's just a, an incredible feeling that I, I hope, you know, many people, even if things seem uh, difficult on the outside, that's also by design, I feel. Um, I hope that, it, you know, other people are feeling that kind of relief right now. Like, okay, now I can do my thing (laughs) and it will be accepted and and received well. Totally. I completely feel that. And I'm really excited for it, but along the process, so much is coming up. So it's hard to like, keep the wherewithal to sometimes keep going. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I think support, support is so crucial. I think community, and, and that's another big aspect of Aquarius is community. Um, what is for the greater good, you know, pivoting away from just the individual and what's good for the individual. And um, what is good for me is going to benefit. When I benefit, you benefit, you know, the universe benefits. Um, That's the paradox of, of community and of Aquarian energy is that in order to show up and to have healthy, strong community, each person needs to be embodied in their sovereignty and their own power and balanced and then they're able to show up and collaborate with others 
you know, and, and it ends up being mutually beneficial instead of this, you know, extraction, you know, me against the world kind of process. And perfectly with coaching program that I just launched Mm -hmm. and January's theme is stepping into your power. And you basically like touched on like most of the steps of the the process (laughs) of the coaching program. Amazing. So it's just nice that it's aligned. But one of the, the first steps of the process is identifying like, where are you running by old programming? What limiting beliefs do you have about yourself? What do you need to release? How can you find like what you are not so you can find what you actually are or remember what you are? And I'm just wondering about your experience with like coming up against blocks or limiting beliefs or old programming and how you work with that to move move past that to remember kind of who you are. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Such a good question. I feel like, um, again, you really have to do find the technique and the practices that resonate with you. It's not just because, you know, thousands of people, uh, I mean, this happened with me, uh, you know, just simply the law of attraction worked for a lot of people and you, you hear stories all the time, like, Oh, well, why isn't it working for me? Um, no, cause it wasn't <laughs> like it, it helped with like self love and everything, um, and vibration, but, uh, and feeling into that, but yeah, it's, I, I really feel like when you open, I mean, what I do is really like ask my, whatever your guidance system is, your intuition, you know, just yourself, the universe, spirit, God, whatever it is to you, you know, just ask for those resources to come in. I think I've been, Uh, I mean, what happens too is if you go through a really dark time, a really traumatic time, most, and this is very like, uh, Pluto plays a big uh, part in my chart. This is very Plutonian of me, but in those times, that's where the gold really is because that's when you, I feel answers will come to you. Like the, the light will start to crack at the very depths of the darkness and things will come to you. So, um, where was I going with that? Oh, uh, the, the way that, um, the things that I use now currently, I mean, I've used magic, you know, um, I have a, I have a background and I mean, when I was younger, it was, you know, Wicca and paganism and, um, more recently, uh, just, uh, I mean, even chaos magic and and just astrological and planetary magic and things like that. And they really, really helped me to ground, get, uh, develop a relationship between my inner world and my outer world, you know, because it's, that's really what everything is. We, we have to really understand the microcosm is reflected in the macrocosm. So when we're doing any kind of personal work, it really comes down to that. Whatever you're doing internally is going to reflect outward. Um, These days I'm actually doing what I've found to be most effective and she's an Aquarian. So it like makes a lot of sense to me personally, but I've been doing the to be magnetic work uh, with Lacey Phillips. been in part of the I've done a bit of that as well. Yeah. 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 Been part of the pathway for like over a year now. And I mean, I just can't sing its praises enough. It's like so distilled and clear. And now is even psych a lot um, backed with a neuroscientist that they brought onto their team. So um, yeah, super solid for me, just because it, it goes into 
you have to be able to access the subconscious. And I've, you know, I've tried, I've done that in many different modalities, um, but this is through um, hypnagogic states and self-hypnosis. And I've just found that to be super, super helpful. And I use it, I, I feel like it's so distilled that you can use it in a spiritual way or whatever works for your own practices. And so it integrated really well with the, the practices I was already doing. So, I mean, now it's like, a, it's just daily. Like when I notice something come up or like an emotion or a feeling that feels really stagnant and just old, like I've been feeling it for a long time and it's not good, it's not helpful. I'll go in and um, when you're in that state, when you're really accessing the subconscious, you're, I, for me personally, my guidance really can speak to me then, you know, which is, you can say it's even yourself, your future self, your higher self um, is able to communicate with me. And I, I, you know, get down to the root of things. And of course this can happen in deep meditation, breath work, uh, anything you can do to get to that state where you're, you know, accessing more of the uh, subliminal subconscious waves uh, state, you get to your memories, you, you can follow the thread back to when did this thing start? When did this feeling start? And I do this a lot with my own. Um, I have a, an email list where I send out, you know, mystic processes for every new and full moon. And I use that one a lot, like come into a meditative state and the, the emotions that you're having now that are bothering you, follow it back to the original, you know, its origin point. Almost always, I mean, your higher self or your guidance is going to show that it's going to come up in, in that when you're in that meditative state. So um, when you see it too, it's, I, I've, I've always noticed simply being aware of it and facing it, you know, this is, goes into shadow work as well. Just facing it and being aware of it, shining a light on it starts to dissipate it. It's like, you don't even really need to do. And this is our, our doing culture. We think like, Oh, okay. Now what can I do? And you really don't need to, it's, it's more about like just letting it go and letting it, feeling it for the last time, letting it unravel. And it will, it will do what it's going to do on its own, you know? We really don't have, I think we get in the way a lot. <laughs> We've been taught to like, you know, yeah. figure things out and futz with things and control, and manipulate, control. make it happen now. It must happen now. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. I'm like, oh, I decided this. Why is it not in front of me? Like, yeah, <laughs> where is this moment? I know. <gasps> exactly. But that's, the, I think that's the, the beautiful thing about doing inner work is, you know, part of it is part of it is initiating the work, but then so much of it is surrender and faith and trust that, you know, it will happen. And really all you need to do is show up and approach it earnestly and honestly with an open heart. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's really all we need to do. I think it's much more simple than, we make it a lot of times. <laughs> I completely agree. And I think it's also useful for people like to know, this sounds so blanket statement, but to know themselves and like what works for them and how they connect to source or how they process things. Mm -hmm. Like I was doing some of the, the hypnosis and I actually got certified in hypnosis and I was like, this is cool. This is great. 
but my body was still holding on to all the emotional residue. It was like my mind understood and my subconscious understood and I was able to get to the root of things, but my body was still like, nah, not going to let go now. Yeah. So that's what led me to seek out a tool, which I found like the active breath work, which is similar to holotropic breathing, because mm -hmm. there was just so much emotional residue. And I was like, I need something because my body isn't letting it go. Mm -hmm. And it just goes to show, show me and maybe is useful to hear, like, just listen to you, like practice listening to you and how you process things best because everyone's mm -hmm. so different, you know? It's true. Um, I have a, um, a free email series and the first lesson to set up is sanctity of mind. And that's basically going through and decluttering and, you know, unsubscribing, unfollowing, like every, I mean, even a total digital detox, but just really um, sitting with yourself and like clearing the decks of outside influence. Not that you all, like never can you know, tap into information that's what, you know, and what's going on in the outer world, of course, but there needs to be a, a time if you haven't in a while. And I do it periodically to just really, really clear that space and listen to yourself. And I really, uh, I, I like what you're saying. Yes, you definitely have to physically move it, physically move the energy. Um, yeah, I, I do yoga um, pretty much every day. I go for walks in nature. Um, that's, I think that like grounding and moving it physically has been more challenging for me just because I am so like in my head and intellectual. Um, but it's, yeah, it's so helpful to find the practices too that work for you that are like literally, it didn't even make sense to me for a long, for the longest time. I was like, get in my body. Okay. What does that even mean? Like, <laughs> who would even try to like intellectualize that? Let me complicate this for myself yeah. a little bit more. <laughs> when it's like, just be human, silly. Like, yeah. So yeah, definitely. I've been doing that lately um, because still my work is, is very intellectual and, you know, I'm staring at a screen or, uh, interacting with technology a lot. So it's like the last half, that's the first part of my day. And then the last half of my day is I've been cultivating more practices, you know, just taking a shower or a bath or eating like grounding food, or, you know, I've been like working out more to like doing more strength training and like, you know, things where I really need to tune into my body. Um, and of course yoga and there's so many things, but yeah, we, we, tend to complicate things <laughs> again simple. you already you answered the next step of the process <laughs> which is support which is what you were talking about earlier but all of the practices are so that you just listed are so useful for supporting because support as I see it is like creating a new foundation based on what you choose and not like on a shaky foundation that was built on Mm -hmm. stuff you weren't even aware of or might have come from when you were really young mm -hmm. but in order to like actually build a solid structure uh it you need a lot of support you need mm -hmm. a lot of like it sounds so cheesy but like encouragement to yourself so self-love but actually yeah. being kind to yourself self-compassion and practices that really like give you a buffer so that you have something solid ground to stand on mm-hmm Absolutely. And I mean, again, I think there's this, those will, will come when you really start to, you know, yeah, sounds cliche, but like, listen to yourself. Um, 
and embody yourself. I think that, I mean, this is just coming to me, but I feel like these times, and especially this last year, a lot of us have, it's almost like part of our duty as a human to create our personal space and to monitor, you know, for one, have the physical things around us that really reflect who we are, that make us feel good um, and get rid of the things that don't. And then really, like, like I said, interact with technology, utilize it, know what's going on in the world, communicate and, and connect with people, um, but do it in this really deliberate way and in, in this, this way that is not just turn on the TV and like blare the signal that is not for your greatest good, <laughs> spoiler alert, um, you know, into your space and just be really, really mindful of your personal space, your sovereign space. And I think that that's what happened with me anyway. Like I just started sort of naturally moving towards the things that got me more grounded and, and supported me physically to and supported me of course spiritually to make these these changes because when we do this kind of inner work it like you said so much emotion will come up and and residual stuff is just hanging around and you got to be kind to yourself you have to it's not even just like we do inner child work what i've learned over the past year is we really have to like do inner parent work too. Like we have to really learn how to be the inner parent to the inner child and take care, you know, when we're not feeling good, like you have to self-soothe and um, yeah, just, just sort of cultivate those, those um, nurturing qualities that maybe you didn't get, maybe you did, or maybe they needed to be different or they just need to be different now or, you know, whatever just the situation is. So, yeah. Yeah. And it can come up in such broad strokes too. Like, I think it's easy to be like, go nurture yourself or do all the inner child work. And it seems like such a huge thing, but like, for me, it even comes up like on social media, I'll notice like I'm taking in all of this feedback from everybody else about my vision that's coming from my heart. Mm -hmm. Like why, why is, why is that? And then taking a moment to be like, that has nothing to do with who you are and what you're creating. And the fact that you're letting you, that impact you in a negative way, like what can you do then to maybe create a boundary or create a bit more safety or tell yourself like, you're actually doing quite great. And this is like all the proof you have to, to show for it. Like you mm -hmm. don't need this external feedback. And in fact, that's like getting in the way, like what I want to do is bring my vision out into the physical reality. And that's such a beautiful thing. Like, I don't want it to just be within me for forever. I want it to be on the physical plane, mm -hmm. seen, heard, felt. Yeah. But that being said, I don't need that to be validated as a human being. I completely agree. I've been going through this myself too, like evaluating that relationship with, um, like really evaluating that relationship with that, that feedback loop and, and how we're creating, because when we're really letting our true essence flow through us, it's from, you know, as within, so without, but it really is this ripple effect from within 
outward. And then of course it touches people and, and it, it's, it's more useful then and more impactful then when it is organically derived from, you know, your true essence. So I, I love that. I love that you're saying that. Yeah. I realized that I've had so many illusions about what it needs to like look like or so many demands on myself that the vision itself becomes dampened mm -hmm. or like not good enough rather than just allowing the vision to express itself through me and like stepping out of my own way a little bit and letting it look however it organically mm -hmm. wants or needs to look. Mm hmm. Exactly. And it doesn't need to look like anyone else's. In fact, it's better if it doesn't, because <laughs> then it's real. <laughs> totally. And I create all this like mental work sometimes in the process where I'm like, oh, you have to do this or this pressurized situation where then it it becomes effortful and not joyful, which the original yeah. vision was yeah. joyful. And it came from like being aligned. <laughs> right. And we want to share. I mean, we we want to share. That's like, very, very um, baseline spiritual belief of why we're here. One of them is to share, do good things and share, you know, and, and connect with people and everything. Um, and I've found that the less I care about those external things, like, oh, it's supposed to look a certain way or it's supposed to like post this many times and, and blah. Mm -hmm like what the, what the algorithm is like wanting us to do or training us to do, the less I do that, I think the better response I get, like honest response from people. They're like, thank you. Like, thank you for sharing this. You know, mm -hmm. it doesn't get encumbered or, or like and try to be encapsulated in this, like what it's supposed to be box. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that is. I'm not like jumping on any bandwagons anymore. I'm literally, I mean, cause I love to write. I love to share. I love to share insight that is like coming through me. It's like, a, it has to channel out somewhere and you know, it, it is a great outlet for that. Um, and like it, I've, I've told you before, I, I've found incredible friendships and networks through, that. but yeah, I think we need to be sharing um, from that authentic place and like, you're good. It doesn't matter how many follow, the metrics don't matter. I just stopped caring about metrics at all. Like, yeah. don't even care, you know, totally. just, just get, get the, the message out there. And, you know, cause I, I love that kind of content. I love people that are, you know, really living in sacredness and just utilizing it as a tool for sharing. Those are the ones that like, I get something out of it. You know, it's not just consuming another piece of regurgitated whatever. Um, so yeah. And holding the higher vision too. Like mm -hmm. imagine what the platform could be if everyone had held like the highest version or vision of themselves and like put that yeah. into the platform. I know it's coming. I've been, I think we've all been waiting for years, but waiting for this other platform where like that is much more high consciousness you know if there's starting to be like trickles of it here and there and if i was a programmer i would totally like make it but you know like, another so lifetime everyone, i know <laughs> if there were 10 of me yeah. things i would do <laughs> but yeah um I think it's coming. I think for now it really helps. Um, what, what really does help is like our intentions with it and how we utilize it. That is going to ripple out. It makes a, it makes a difference.
Totally. And touching on that, January's theme or the theme for the Clarity and Calm community is stepping into your power. And I think all of this integrates so beautifully into that. But I would just love to hear your journey with stepping into personal power and what that's been like or any nuggets of wisdom you want to share. Oh, man. Another like big question. It's kind of like I made a podcast being like, I want to ask the questions that I like think about every day that I uh-huh. no, I love <laughs> and it. I want to hear everybody answer them. I know it was the same for me. It was like, let's talk about things that have no words. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, I, I love talking about power. I think it gets, um, you know, the, the word itself has been, you know, corrupted a bit. We, we think about the misuse of power quite often, but power really, I mean, I see it as our personal sovereignty and self-agency and the ability to navigate our lives according to our own, you know, true will and according to our, our own alignment and best interest and my journey of stepping into my power. I think I'm still doing it every day. Same. You know, it's, it's a, it's a daily, like sort of realization or remembering like, Oh, I have, I can do whatever I want to do. And no one is going to tell me that it's wrong. If they do, Mm -hmm. who cares? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that's really the things that we're afraid of is like, are not going to happen, you know? Um, But I would say, I mean, I touched on it earlier, but coming into my own power, I think I, it came from going through very uh, times in my life that were very markedly traumatic and, you know, losing, and these are cycles that occur. Um, I mentioned earlier. So when you say power, I automatically think of Pluto. Um, Most astrologers will. And Pluto is the primordial, we don't really understand it. I mean, it's an outer planet, but it, it, it is basically a, the primordial urge of death and regeneration to um, re, re, break down and reformulate and um, al- basically alchemy, you know, doing, doing the shadow work and turning the the dredge and the lead into gold that you know solve a coagula the the separation and then the eventual unification that happens within so that's what i think about when when you say power i think of like my very plutonian life that has brought uh people that are plutonian are, are usually they have pluto either conjunct like their ascendant or their sun like a major planet um and it just plays like a really a a big role in their life. But what will usually happen is very traumatic experience will happen to sort of like shake you and wake you up because you wouldn't have these. And again, it's like super, super hard to describe, but super like primordial esoteric um, reckonings, I would say like reckonings with yourself and with the world and your place in the world. And I had one of those very, very early uh, when I was 11 and I won't go into it, but I mean, my, my father died and just all of these changes started to happen. My entire life was flipped on its head. Um, and then puberty comes fun, you know? <laughs> so like I had to carry and deal with a lot um, at a very, very young age. And then also, but, but from that, um, 
I, I really, I think even then I had this sense that, oh, this is something for lack of a better term, this is something special that is happening to me in order to, you know, help me learn something about myself or to experience, go through an experience that really brings you back home to yourself because when things are taken away from you or, and I don't even look at it that way, but when you, when you don't have something all of a sudden, or you, you're operating in sort of a different way than the status quo, you know, um, and you have to deal with that. You have to reckon with that. Like, well, who am I if I'm the person that, you know, is kind of not like the others or, you know, not like the group or whatever. How do you, what do you do with that? Because you have a few options. You can give up or you can move through it and, you know, find the things that will help you come out the other side. Or that try was, to figure out how to be normal and pretend to be normal, <laughs> whatever that oh yeah. means. <laughs> oh yeah, which we totally do, and it's okay. Like, of course, when like when we're younger, we just because you do that because you want to be loved, you want to be in. safe, yeah, you want to fit in, um, yeah. And then when that doesn't work, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I I think it's just a that was not a quick. Uh, not to say that that was like a quick thing, but that was just the, one of the defining parts of my, my development that sort of kicked off the, I would even say like the search for personal power, like, well, where is the power, you know, because you feel powerless when things, you know, outside of your control happen. And so there is the, I feel there's this natural tendency to sort of regain, like, well, where is my personal power? Where does that lie? And, um, you know, my answer, of course, again, is just becoming more sovereign and becoming more whole within yourself and learning, you know, that's why I love astrology is is because it, it helps you learn or to navigate according to, it kind of gives you this code, like this cosmic code that you can decipher and feel into and, and, and live and practice that will, you know, hopefully answer some of those questions and um, again, just help you arrive home to your true self. So, because if we didn't go through, you know, the negative things or the bad things, we're, we're all going through a shared collective trauma right now, but I've been, I mean, this whole time, I haven't been super public about it, but, you know, even though, yes, there's lots of struggle and lots of suffering, this is ultimately how we evolve you know, this is how humanity societies evolve and it, it does take these certain steps, but, um, and Pluto, Pluto and Saturn are both involved in, you know, the, what just occurred in 2020 and, and will be carrying out. Um, they, it, it basically is the, the archetypal changing of forms, breaking down what is no longer working so that it can be rebuilt and reformed. So I feel like we're in that, that period and everyone finding their, their own personal power is what will lead to us rebuilding in a more, you know, beneficial way, like mutually beneficial, like beneficial for all people, you know, going forward because we're learning things were exposed like oh not everyone is taken care of not everyone is is um included in in a lot of the systems so um yeah coming into our own power so that we can benefit the collective 
I, I feel is the, the role of personal power right now. Totally. When I was channeling a bit at the beginning, when did I start this podcast? I guess it's been like three months now, which is crazy. This <laughs> one. Anyway, the thing that came forward, which is like even the intro of the podcast now is like personal evolution will lead to planetary evolution. Mm-hmm. And I completely that. feel that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look at it, yeah, it's very obvious. We were all put into, um, I mean, yeah, you can see it as like a global prison state, which that's one layer, but at the same time, we all had to uh, really sit with ourselves and really sit with our lives and the choices we've made and the home we have and, and everything and really decide like, okay, it's just me or not just me. I mean, of course we have family and everything, but like at the end of the day, really, you got to take care of yourself. You got to regulate yourself. You have to take, you know, take all those steps to um, make yourself whole and strong that, that inner fortitude so that you can show up in community and begin rebuilding. I think that's, we're just at the very, very beginning of that. (laughs) That's exactly what I want to touch on next is like the portion that's action. And not just action coming from like, I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to do something, do anything. Yeah. But what I find, at least for myself, is that I get frozen in understanding everything, like doing all the work to understand, doing all the work to be like, I get how this should move forward. And then just like being like, I don't want to take the next step. (laughs) I don't want to actually do the action of it. Um. So yeah, if you want to share anything on that, that comes to mind just as far as like what you've been through or what helps you take action or yeah, anything. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Um, I know. Right. Cause I get lost in the, just thinking about things stage so much. And of course being, having the the hesitation to put things out there because we've you know, I don't know. I don't even know what we're afraid of to be made fun of or what. Yeah. I don't even know what it is. But um, as far as taking action, I mean, really, the things that have helped me to take action, I, I mean, it all comes back the same thing, like really, really being in touch with yourself and listening to yourself and following intuition. So more of that um, divinely inspired action even if it doesn't make sense, um, the type of sense that we were told, there's, it's kind of a new new sort of sense-making happening too. <laughs> um, that's very sort of subtle, like we're, we're using different faculties to kind of make sense of the world and to move forward. So I, I think that a lot of trust and faith comes into play again, like just surrendering to, you know, if you're really, if something will not leave you alone, that's how it happens for me. Something will not leave me alone. I'll have an idea. You know, I mean, the podcast happened like that for me. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to learn audio editing. I didn't, you know, want to put my voice and like speak and like be out there. Same. And but I had to, like, I took action on it because it would not leave me alone. My, my guidance, you know, and, and messaging that I was getting was, was like, yeah, you have to, to do this. It'll, it'll be good. It'll help people, blah, blah, blah. And it has to be taken out of the realm of the past paradigm 
where we have an idea, okay, what's the business model? How are you going to package that? How are you going to present that? Um, now it's more about just taking inspired action that comes from your own guidance, not knowing we can't possibly plan. The five-year plan is gone. Like there is none of that anymore. That was the past, you know, earth chapter that I described. Now it's more about, I mean, literally day to day, month to month planning and just being, taking action and not thinking that, you know, it, it follows that I think that we're, we can be afraid to take action because then it's like, oh, we're solidified or we're, st we're going to be stuck in this, you know, thing, this, this idea that we have or this project, but you're not, <laughs> if it doesn't work, you don't have to do it anymore. You can change and go to something else. I mean, we have all the tools that can help us do that. And people will follow too. It's not like people are going to think that you're like flaky or neurotic or whatever, because you're following your inspired impulse. Um, so yeah, I think that that is when I think of uh, action too, of course, I think I'm putting this in astrological context just because it, it could be helpful or the archetypes are really helpful for me, but action taking um, is Mars essentially. And Mars rules, um, the, the sign of Aries and Aries is very much about the, the I am the sovereign individual and taking inspired action, not necessarily thinking about the consequences, which can get them into trouble, but um, that initial spark of like inspiration and just trying something new, being a pioneer and, and just putting yourself out there and trying it because why not? <laughs> you know, totally. uh, so I, that's kind of where um, and I think, you know, we're just getting out of the six month long transit of Mars through Aries, thanks to a, a retrograde. It's been a really long, uh, long time for Mars to be in one sign, but it has been so crucial for me, I feel, and I know a lot of people to just take, just try something new, just take action on something new and, and, you know, see where it leads. So basically, yeah, not having those blockades of, Oh, well, where is this going to, where is this going to lead or what's this going to look like in a year? Don't worry about that. You know, you're going to be guided. If you're guided today, you're going to be guided tomorrow and you're going to be guided, you know, a year from now. So, um, this is a co-creation with the universe. So I think just trusting the instincts that you get those deep, deep intuitive hits that you get, just, just act on it. <laughs> Completely. And I always find that if I delay that, like if I'm like, okay, well, I'll delay this as long as possible. It doesn't stop nagging me. Like it yeah. doesn't, my soul just feels like it's like, it feels like it's like someone t tapping at the door yes. incessantly for like every day and every moment if I don't listen. So yeah. I'm like, I don't, it's almost worse not to take action because I just get this yeah. person tapping person, my soul yeah. <laughs> tapping at me all the time. And then the other things that you're trying to make work don't work. Yeah, exactly. And then so. you're just like, Oh, well, if I, that makes me feel like a, a failure, it could potentially make me feel like a failure or all this internal dialogue anyway. And if I actually follow my soul, Mm -hmm. then I'll probably feel pretty good mm -hmm. for now, for taking the step forward for doing the thing. Why not? You know, it really yeah. is a, a big, why not? I don't know what we're afraid of. I mean, I think we've been, you can take this out if you want, but I think we've been conditioned. Like a lot of us have lack mentality 
And we're, uh, I know that my life is part of like one of the things I'm transmuting from past generations and lineages is poverty consciousness. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is sort of the ultimate thing that a lot of us are afraid of. It's not getting made fun of. It's not like, oh, it's not going to work. I'll have to start over. It's I'm going to live under a bridge and no one will love me. Like, you know what I mean? The, that and it's, it's a fallacy. I think that that was, you know, cause we're always supported no matter what we do. The universe is always supporting us and is always co-creating with us. So I think that that de those deep fears about like, Oh, I'm going to like, whatever it may be, lose everything, or I'm going to fail, like whatever failure means, follow it to its eventual, you know, where does that fear go? And just realize mm -hmm. how absurd it is. Like, you're, you're not gonna, it, it's not as detrimental as the, the fear, the feeling is making you, um, making you feel a lot of times that is programming that is, that keeps us, you know, get, not me, but like going to a job, nine to five job every day, or like working in a factory or whatever. Like we, again, with that past uh, that past like earth chapter we're coming out of in the industrial revolution. Like we had to be programmed with those things that said, if you did, if you don't do this thing, if you don't work in this specific model, you're going to end up pouring alone, you know, and that's super sad. Um, but that's one of the things we really have to decondition and just, yeah, trust that if you like something, if it's fun, if it feels like joy, only joy and good things will follow. Mm-hmm. Even if it falls flat, if it doesn't work, okay, you learned something, try, try next time, you know, but there's no reason to not take those inspired actions, you know? Yes, yes, exactly. And one of the things I've been working through has been like, you don't have to work hard all of the time, like hard work, the like, you know, my dad has like 60 hour work weeks, you know, love him, love him so much. But of his, course. that's, that's what he kind of grew up being like, I have to do this in order to make money in order to succeed in order to yeah. blah, blah, blah. But I can't actually do inspired action. If I'm just filling myself with up with like, work more, work more. And the yeah. energy of that is insane. Like yeah, that yeah. was, that was passing through me yesterday. And I was like making a smoothie with my husband being like, oh, I have to get upstairs in five minutes. I need to like rush this smoothie making so that I can like do my work, do my work. <laughs> right. I know we have to like manage ourselves when we, you know, when we're entrepreneurs or yeah, putting things out there. I've, I've, done the same thing this pat these past like few months because I started an Etsy shop and it's like the funnest thing ever because it brings together all of these past skills I've had and and it actually works and it's like so freaking fun. Amazing. But I, yeah. But I have to like also balance that. That's kind of what helped me develop the the you know get into my body practices. That's literally what I'm doing because I was so hardcore like doing the digital, you know, things and the designing and the fun stuff that I just had to say, okay, I got to shut it off. And some people, I guess, go all day. I don't know how you can do that. I can't like work in the evening time. It's like that, that just doesn't compute. So yeah, it's, it's like this flip and it's like, okay, now it's Trista, you know, uh, time to really like sink into my body and do physical things and, and eat and just read and, and look at the trees. I have these beautiful trees outside my window and, you know, just be in stillness. Mm 
but yeah, I, I hear you there. There's that, that work, that program is still running for a lot of us, even with our own thing. So yeah, definitely got to recognize when that is happening. Um, cause it will, it can overtake your, your life. And and even like when, when have... it's not happening, sorry to talk about no. even when it's not ha- actually the reality, like I was creating that yeah. and like, I actually can do all of the things I needed to do that day with ease. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. When there's a balance in there that you can still get everything done. And if you don't get everything you wanted to get done, it'll get done tomorrow. It's going to be <laughs> fine. Like there is no time limit it's yeah it's incredible well i'm happy that you have recognized that and i think it's just a daily daily thing just to really really be observers of our life and our and our energy and how we're you know running yeah again running programs like just be really really mindful of that yes Yes. And it's, it's a process and it's a moment to moment thing and it doesn't need to be solved all in this moment. Mm-mm. I mean, we're always in the now moment. Yeah. Yeah. And what? things are going to happen. So, you know, just let it be the now. <laughs> totally. Oh my gosh. That's so, so original. <laughs> I know. Right. Like so cliche, but like, man, it really is true. It's always true. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like, ah, gosh, it's true <laughs> over and over again. Um, so I know you're working to now move into offering things for the community in groups. So I would love to hear anything you want to share about that and just your offerings of what you have coming on, coming up and coming on. <laughs> coming on. Yeah. No, coming online. That's, coming what, on. that's what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Yeah. So like I said, pivoting away from doing uh, one-to-one readings and I am like just in, I'm just creating the framework to uh, hold these, facilitate these uh, sacred gatherings and they're called Liberation Wellspring. Um, they're going to be held because I do, I also write a forecast, a free forecast on my website for every solar season. So every time the sun changes signs. Um, I create a forecast for that. So these gatherings will sort of coincide with that. So there will be a theme for each solar season. And fittingly, the first one will be Aquarius season and, you know, the theme of community and conscious community. Um, So if anyone is um, interested in that, there is a place to, uh, a specific place called gatherings on my website to sign up if you're interested, because only those, that list, those people will get an invitation. I'm trying to keep it a very closed um, container. And I also, if you get on my list, you're also, uh, in general, uh, every new and full moon, I send out um, sort of extra exclusive insight on that. And like I said, a mystic uh, process that you can utilize in your own inner work and and self-development work. And yeah, I also, uh, Instagram is my outlet for sharing poetic forecasts and uh, new paradigm philosophy and things like that. And yeah, I mean, I mentioned my Etsy shop. It's, it's super fun. It's called Lucida Mystica. Um, It's, uh, I'm kind of like designing 
clothes for who I was like 10 or 15 years ago, which is so fun. But, um, and even now, like I love, I have one of my shirts on now, like my Pisces shirt. Um, It's so cool. Thank you. But um, yeah, so that's been super fun. It's like a cult witchy, um, you know, graphic designed uh, clothing and household items and things like that, essentials. So um, yeah, I, those are the things I have going on. So many amazing things. (laughs) Will you remind us of what your website is so people can access all that and also mention your podcast? Oh, yeah. It's absolutely amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And I'm also thinking of bringing the podcast back. Um, it, I've been on hiatus. I actually started it about three, three years ago, two years ago. Um, and this is what's funny. I mean, people who are into astrology or like many other modalities just kind of knew that something, this big shift was happening. And so basically I started it I think the tagline is cultivating personal sovereignty in these transitional times. And now it just seems more appropriate than ever. So um, I'm probably going to be bringing that back um, this year as well, but it's called liberate yourself, like two, two words, your capital S self. And it is on my website. My website is just my name. It's tristadedmon.com, T-R-I-S-T-A-D-E-D-M-O-N. And um, everything, uh, all the links, everything should be there. And, you know, there's definitely contact uh, link as well. So you can always reach out to me with any questions as well. And I'll put all of the links in the show notes so you can totally get in touch with Trista because she has so many amazing things going on. Any last words of wisdom or nuggets that you want to leave us with today? Mm. Gosh, that's like so, so much. I think I would just say, I think that would, it would just be to, I know it's been a really difficult year. And a lot of us are in much different circumstances, you know, some of them better, some of them maybe not. But through all of that, I hope that you can begin to, you know, from that really embodied place, begin to start reaching out to others in a, in a very aligned, very resonant way and start to create and join communities as well that are, you know, think about, if you think about in your ideal community, what would that look like? Like, that's even a good practice to do, I think. Um, Really envision that. I envision that very often because I want to, I'm actually creating that. um, I want that to be in the physical for people um, in the future. So I think that taking the time to really feel into what that looks like, feels like, you know, just really embody that in your, whatever, if it's your manifestation practice or whatever it may be, and then start to sort of reach out and, you know, test, test the waters and um, find the others, find the people that you resonate with and 
Yeah, put yourself out there and show up authentically. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Trista. Thank you for having me. This has been, of course, easy and fun <laughs> and amazing. Thank you. And thanks for doing this podcast. I know it's, I'm sure it's um, just going to be such a light for so many people. Thank you so much for joining for this week's episode of the Clarity and Calm podcast. A special thanks to our guest, Trista Dedman, for her wisdom on how to step into your power in 2021. If you found this episode useful, please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with anyone who could use it. If you're interested in my coaching program, you can find more details on my website at claritycom.com. Hope you have a beautiful week.